the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. A reading from Revelation, the second chapter. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your later works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you as your work deserves. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, To you, I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my word until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may notice that the message that Christ sent to the pastor and that church in Thyatira has a similar feeling to the message that he sent to the pastor and that church in that place of Pergamum. Last week's theme, last week's text from our midweek service. That is to say, in last week's sermon, the Lord brings forth the Old Testament people of Balaam and Balak to prove a point about problems in that church in Pergamum. Well, in tonight's reading about the church in Thyatira, the Lord brings up another Old Testament person, One who is shameful, no doubt about it. One who is shameful through and through. And that person is named Jezebel. Jezebel was the wife of Old Testament king named Ahab. And the reason why Jezebel is not looked upon with favor in the Bible is this, is because she brought the Israelites a bunch of pagan practices. She introduced it, she injected it into the people of Israel. She brought false worship and false gods and the seduction of sexual immorality into the midst of that nation of Israel. Now, I wish I could tell you that King Ahab stood against his wife, Jezebel, in her paganism and her sexual mischievousness, but unfortunately, Israel adopted these practices alongside their Israelite practices. They commingled them together, taking paganism and the worship of the Lord 
and making them one. Now Jezebel, she wreaked havoc by introducing all of this paganism into the midst of Israel, and then to make things worse, she eventually tried to put all the Lord's prophets to death. Now considering all of this, if we fast forward some 900 years from the Old Testament to the book of Revelation, what we read this evening, we hear mention of that name Jezebel yet again. It comes up again. Now while it is true that Jezebel had been dead for centuries, it is also not, I repeat, it is not true that her ways and tactics had stopped working among God's people and in the midst of culture. In other words, during the time of the church of Thyatira, Jezebel's name and significance lived on. For Jesus used Jezebel's name in the midst of that church of Thyatira to bring about the problem that was going on in the church, the seduction into those pagan practices, that sexual immorality that had spread in that church. And so, my friends, we see that Jezebel is a symbol of churches and people that want to mingle paganism and also Christianity together into one cake, much like we heard last Wednesday within the church of Pergamum. And much like that church of Pergamum, the pastor and the congregation of this church in Thyatira, they go the way of tolerance as well. Yes, the pastor and that congregation of Thyatira are tolerating the tactics and the ways of Jezebel in the church. They're tolerating sexual immorality and getting cuddly with pagan gods. Now, my friends, as you know, tolerance has become a very popular word, no doubt about it. It has become a very popular word in our culture. It has seen drastic increase in use. The increase has started in the 1950s and has reached a record high in our last decade. It is a word that is looked upon as being positive, a good thing to have, at least we are told. It is what our schools teach, what our presidents promote, what music and movie stars encourage, and what people in general say that we need more of. But here, the Lord... In our text from this evening, this Lord whose eyes are like flames of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze, here, this Lord, this Lord that we hear from in our text of Revelation, well, he's not promoting tolerance. In fact, he's doing quite the opposite. He's opposing tolerance and he warns about it. And the reason why, and that answer to that reason why is this, because tolerance is the opposite. I repeat, it is the opposite of repentance. Now, dear friends, we must keep in mind that tolerance is not a Christian virtue. We've heard this before in sermons and Bible studies here at Zion. Tolerance is actually a pagan virtue, now, believe it or not, it was actually Gandhi, not Jesus Christ, who said and coined that term of that phrase, hate the sin, not the sinner. Indeed, the idea of tolerance is an ancient pagan idea. In fact, it is so ancient that it could be traced back to Jezebel herself. To the point, though, consider a moment how tolerance brought into Israel by Jezebel Backfired. Consider a moment how dangerous tolerance is. In other words, 
At first, Jezebel's pagan practices were permitted in the nation of Israel. They were accepted then. And then anyone who dared challenge her pagan practices was eventually killed. Tragically, this is how false doctrine and pagan practices work. Indeed, error typically emerges into the church and the culture in three stages. Now, for the sake of explaining this, permit me just a few moments to elaborate. First, we can say that false doctrine and pagan practices and worshiping a false god begins by asking for tolerance. Now, let's just call these three things, these things that we talked about, such as false doctrine, pagan worship, and worshiping false gods. Let's bundle this all together and call it error. So the friends and supporters of error say to the majority of the people who are not upholding this heir, they say this, ah, you not need to be afraid of us, of this heir. We are few and we are weak. Only let us be alone. We shall not disturb the faith of others. We know that the church has her standards and doctrines. Of course we know this. We shall never interfere with them. We only ask for ourselves, for us to be spared interference with our private opinions that we keep to ourselves. Just tolerate us as the minority. As a result, air is tolerated. It is given space and room to breathe. Air is actually given a little pat on the head. Well, long story short, time goes by. An heir is not content with merely being tolerated, but then it goes from wanting tolerance to the spot where it wants equality. More specifically, instead of being on the opposite side of truth, heir wants to be on the same side of truth. Heir wants to stand side by side with truth and be respected as good and right and salutary. So heir... It demands equality with truth. And anyone who would dare to try and question this or to keep air on the opposite side of truth is deemed as closed-minded, unloving, and a suppressor. And so air, as we can see, has just traveled from a minority position where it was tolerated to being accepted as equal truth. But as expected... Air is not content to merely be an equal with truth. It must go on to its natural end, which is to assert supremacy. Air does this by attacking and eliminating truth. Now, do you see how this works, my friends? When air is tolerated, it then wants equality, and once it has equality, air then seeks to snuff out the truth so that it can be on top. And this is why Jesus comes down so hard on Thyatira for being tolerant. He says to them, do not hold this teaching. Do not learn what some call the deep things of Satan. Indeed, my friends, we must reject this pagan idea of tolerance, especially in the church, for tolerance is self-centered. It is promiscuous, it destroys both itself and others. For tolerance, in the end, it climbs to the top with air, past equality, to the supremacy, to the very top of everything, and then it becomes entirely intolerant. Intolerance is the opposite of repentance, as we have just heard, is the enemy of the gospel. Now, is there another way to all of this? Yes, dear baptized saints, there is. 
Dear baptized saints, love and tolerance, we must confess, are very, I repeat, very different things from very different views of the world, from very different sources. The world operates with tolerance. The church, though, operates with love. Love is not the same as tolerance, and tolerance is not the same as love. For love actually cares. Love is very intentionally intolerant, both of sin and with its terrible consequences. Love is willing to suffer, to serve another. How different and incompatible are Jezebel and Jesus. And how destructive it is to confuse these two, to mingle them. You see, in Jezebel, we do not see love, but we see tolerance gone wild. We see a strong and domineering character that was self-willed and forceful. She demanded that her gods have the, at least the equal rights with God, and in the end, she went after the prophets of God to have them killed. This is a fanatical hate, clothed in the pious words of so-called tolerance. On the other hand, in Jesus, in your Christ, in your Lord, we do not see tolerance, but we see love. If Jesus would have gone the way of tolerance, he would not have gone to the cross, but would have left us in our sins. And if we were left in our sins, we would have been left with our damnation. So much for the way of tolerance. But because of his great love and Christ's great, profound, rich mercy, Jesus could not just sit around and tolerate sin. Indeed, the Son of God could not tolerate our sins, so he was compelled to the cross in love to do something about it, to bleed and to die for you and for me. Therefore, beloved saints, in light of all that we've heard, hold fast. Yes, hold fast to what you have in repentance. Hold fast to what you have from Christ until he comes again. Do not bend to the winds of culture. Do not bend to the winds of tolerance that excuses and celebrates sin. Do not become a re-blowing in the wind of trying to blend airs and Christianity together as if all religions are the same. Do not bounce up, up and down on the waves of popular opinion that are here one day and gone the next? Be aware of false doctrine. Be sober-minded regarding the seduction of false teachers and lousy ethics. Remember, yes, remember who you belong to. Remember who you are in your baptisms. Remember that the Father has taken you from the dominion of darkness and has placed you in the kingdom of his Son forever and ever. And if the world calls you intolerant, count it a blessing. Count it a blessing, for you know that love and tolerance are far from synonyms. They are not the same. Remember, as you hold steadfast to Christ, yes, remember, though, as you hold steadfast to Christ, that air will push back against you, claiming that you must tolerate it and accept it, but do not budge, For you know this day that air, what it wants, is not to be equal, but to have dominion and power to kill and destroy you and me. With that in mind, regardless, though, of the way that all the Jezebels in the church and the Jezebels of our culture go, though, you shall not fear. You shall not fear and you shall not budge, for you have a true lover of humankind in Christ. 
one who gives us his works, one who gives us his victory, and one who gives us his purity, Christ Jesus our Lord. He truly loves, and he truly forgives, and he truly sustains you. Dear baptized saints, again, I say again, do not tolerate the seductions of Jezebel's outside or inside the church, but rather believe that Jesus died for you, believe that because Jesus died for you that he has not left you to fend for yourselves, he is with you here and now to love, to sustain you, and to care for you. He stands by your side upon the plain as you struggle to fight against the devil the world, and your own sinfulness. And he is also there when you are weak, he is strong. When you fall, he stands. When you confess, he forgives. Indeed, though you and I are unfaithful at times, he is faithful to you and me. Dear, blessed, baptized saints, hold fast. Hold fast indeed. Hold on to Christ, the one who holds on to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionglinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.